God works miracles. So this week, the episodes we're bringing back focus on miracles, and we're going to focus on some with Jesus and some with Peter. If you haven't been following what we're doing, I'll catch you up. Speak Lord is a podcast that brings a, a weekly devotional, and it's just things that God speaks to me through his word, and I share them with you and pray that they also speak to you. Well, Speak Lord um, reached 150 episodes, and I was prayerful about the future of Speak Lord, even considered shutting the ministry down, uh, but my conviction is that God wants this thing to keep going. So I'm working right now to make some changes to Speak Lord. We're going to be coming out in September 1, launching a new podcast on a new platform. When you search for it, you won't be searching for Palmer SDA Church. You'll be searching for Speak Lord. And until then, I'm bringing back some old episodes, some from the 150 Speak Lord episodes and the 90-some Speak Lord for Kids episodes. We're letting them speak to us again. And the episodes this week are all about miracles. So we're going to go first to episode 94, and it takes us to Acts 9, where Peter performed miracles. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. That is an ideal description of church life. It's a positive season. And not every season is like this. When we turn to Acts chapter 12, we find that Herod is killing church leaders. These seasons are special. It's described as a time of peace when the church is being built up. They're walking in the fear of the Lord. They have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the church is being multiplied. Now, I don't want to suggest that we can force these times or that these are the only kind of times that God wants or uses in the church. But I do see that the church had some things they did before this time that made this time possible. They accepted Paul. It took a little bit and Barnabas helped him find acceptance in the church. But Paul came into that family and began preaching. And there was a move of God upon the church. And as they allowed God to move among them, it led to a time of peace and growth. When God is at work in the church, it brings health to the church. This time of peace was also a time of preparation. God was preparing his church for what he was about to do in them. This is chapter 9, and in chapter 10, God gives that vision to Peter about the Gentiles. He's about to make this gospel go beyond the Jewish community to the whole world. It was this time of peace and being built up and comforted by the Spirit and multiplying that prepared the church for what God was about to do next. So here are two questions to help us reflect on how God is leading in our situation. What is God doing among us that might lead us to a time of peace and growth? And if we're already experiencing that time of peace and growth, what is God preparing us for? How is God using that time to prepare our hearts for what he has next? So if your personal spiritual life and your community of faith are going through a rough season, just know that God is at work to bring peace. And if you're in a peace
peaceful season, know that God is at work to prepare you for something greater. Speak Lord is a resource of the Palmer Seventh-day Adventist Church. For our second episode, we're bringing back a very recent one. This is the very last episode of new content that came out on Speak Lord, episode 150, and it's called The Miracle's Not the Main Point of the Miracle, and it has a very similar thought to episode 94, just a bit different theme music, different audio quality, and we're going to give that one a listen one more time. You're listening to Speak Lord, I'm Ryan Rogers, and I invite you to stay tuned at the end of this episode. There are some changes happening to Speak Lord, and I want to let you know what you can expect. Well, God is at work in our lives right now. And maybe you see some of that work, and maybe it's not very clear to you. Either way, our Heavenly Father is always working. Jesus never ceases to intercede for us. Angels are real. They minister to us. The Holy Spirit is here. He really guides us. If you do recognize this work of God in your life, then you have some miracle stories of your own. I enjoy talking with people about their spiritual experience, and often I get to hear some of these miracle stories. They were heading straight for the oncoming semi-truck, and an unseen force literally pushed their car to the side, saving their life. It really happened, and they know it was God. Or after prayer, the tumor disappeared, and the doctors could not explain it. But you could. God did that, and you know it. You were told that you would never walk again, but God has given you the ability to run. Or maybe you had the unlikeliest of interaction with someone that turned out to be an awesome opportunity for God, and you know that it was a divine appointment. These are miracles, but the miracle is not the main point of the miracle. Here's what I mean. So when the tumor disappeared, your health improved. And maybe you got another 25 years that you wouldn't have had. But that is not the main point of the miracle. These blessings were the secondary purpose of God's work in your life. And if that's true, if the miracle is not the main point of the miracle, then it's possible we have celebrated God's blessings and his miracles and yet missed the main point. If you're a little confused at this point, that's okay. I'm getting these thoughts from Matthew 11, 20, and 21. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So here Jesus mentions the places where a bunch of miracles were done, but he also tells us the main point of them. Bethsaida and Chorazin were in the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus also said these same words about Capernaum, which was just a few miles away, all of them in the same area where Jesus spent a whole lot of his earthly ministry and where a lot of miracles were done. So it's in the general area of these three towns where Jesus walked on water, where he fed the 5,000, where the man was lowered through the roof, where Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. There was a girl raised from the dead, and that man with the withered hand was healed. This is where they got the tax money out of the fish. Capernaum 
is the place where Peter lived. And we know that Jesus didn't have a home. But there's actually the remains of a home in Capernaum that is believed to be the home of Peter that was probably the place Jesus stayed most often. When Jesus mentions these towns, he's mentioning the places where the greatest of his works were done, where most of his time was spent. After one of these miracles in that area, the people were amazed and they said, we have never seen anything like this. Jesus was doing some awesome things in Bethsaida and Chorazin and Capernaum. But remember, the miracle is not the main point of the miracle. So after he fed the 5,000, people followed him. And he said, truly I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. The main point of the miracle was not to feed them or to impress them. The main point of the miracle is repentance. Listen to the verse again. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! If the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Tyre and Sidon were Gentile towns. And he's saying, hey, I've done these great miracles among you. You've been impressed. You followed me, but you didn't get the point. The point was, I wanted your hearts. I wanted those things to turn your hearts to me. And if I did those over there, I think I would have disciples. God loves us so much that he delights to ease our pain and take away illness and provide for our needs. But his great desire in all of his work is heart change. More than he wants us to be healthy or rich or comfortable, he wants us to be his. He wants us to live with him forever. So when God does something in your life, praise him. Praise him for the finances. Praise him for the second chance at health. But remember that the miracle is not the main point of the miracle. So maybe you can point to something God has done and you've walked away from that feeling blessed and you thought that's all there was. God worked in your life and you were blessed. But you can also walk away from that being changed. There is more and deeper meaning in the miracle than just being blessed by what God did in the moment. So what we can train ourselves to do is to see in the mighty work of God an invitation to change, to repent, to go deeper in him. Whatever work God has done in your life, he's using that to call your heart closer to his. So can you point to any miracles? Just go back through them. Think through the ways God has been at work in you. And in each of those, you can see an invitation for repentance. Not just to have your needs met, not just to be impressed, but to let God change your heart to be more like his, to be more in love with him. That's the main point of the miracle. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Well, that was episode 150. And you might have heard We're going to finish up this week with a miracle story from Speak Lord for Kids. This is episode 76. And we're going to let Rue finish off our thoughts on miracles this week. Speak Lord for Kids. Matthew 20, 
29-34. When Jesus and his followers were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the road. They heard that Jesus was coming by, so they shouted, Lord, Son of David, please help us. The people there criticized the blind men and told them to be quiet, but they shouted more and more, Lord, Son of David, please help us. Jesus stopped and said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They answered, Lord, we want to be able to see. Jesus felt sorry for the blind men, and he touched their eyes, and immediately they were able to see. Then they became followers of Jesus. Can you imagine that you never saw anything, and then one day you were healed and you could see? That would be the happiest day ever. These people wanted so much to see, but nothing could be done. They were blind. Till Jesus worked a miracle, and he touched their eye. I wonder what it felt like to these men when Jesus' fingers touched their eyes. And then after he touched their eyes, they could see. And I'm glad we have this story, because Jesus works miracles, and he heals us. Speak, Lord, is a resource of the Palmer Seventh-day Adventist Church. Well, that would be the happiest day ever. God has a wonderful work to do in us and through us. He is healing us. Let's let him do it. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. <laughs> 